Is it possible that you've been doing the same thing a drunk woman on a cruise ship did just a few weeks ago? This woman made the news because what she did actually caught up with her, and tongues are wagging all over the country. But have you done the same thing and nobody noticed? I think you might want to listen to our program today because you might be guilty, and you are going to want to know what in the world I'm talking about. So I'll be right back. I came across this story a little while ago about a woman who was drinking on a cruise ship one night, as a lot of passengers are fond of doing. And I, I guess she had a little too much to drink because somehow she went over the railing and spent two hours bobbing around in the ocean before the captain finally figured out she was missing and came back to get her. Now, fortunately, this didn't happen in Alaska, where the water is cold enough to kill you in a matter of minutes. This was the Caribbean, so apart from wondering whether or not she would drown before someone found her, or apart from wondering whether or not a shark would find her before people did, Miss Sarah Kirby is fine. She survived her ordeal. And that should have been the end of the story, except for the fact that Miss Kirby is now suing Carnival Cruise Lines, saying it's the bartender's fault she drank too much. Now, I don't know about you, but unless that bartender actually held a gun to her head and made her drink, I'm having trouble understanding how it's his fault. In fact, I'm having trouble seeing how this is anybody's fault but Miss Kirby's. I mean, I guess now that it's in court, a judge is ultimately going to have to make the decision, but, but honestly, did somebody force her to drink? Did somebody force her to lean over the railing so far that she flipped over the railing into the ocean? Personally, and it's my opinion, I just don't see how you can blame someone else when you get drunk. So why is she suing? She claims that the bartender offered her $5 tokens to use in the ship's casino if she would drink more Long Island iced teas. So I guess you could say he was paying her to drink. And in that sense, maybe she has a point. Maybe. Maybe there was peer pressure. Maybe it seemed like a good deal, especially after a few drinks compromised her judgment. So, is it really possible that she might have stopped consuming alcohol if the cruise line didn't offer her another drink? I guess that's possible. But I mean, come on. Let's think about this reasonably. A bar is a place where people sell alcohol. That's what they do in a bar. And nobody, nobody made this lady go to that bar in the first place. If somebody slipped alcohol into her non-alcoholic drink, then she might have a point. She might have somebody to sue. If somebody forced alcohol into her bloodstream intravenously against her will, then personally I think she might have a case. But folks, nobody, nobody made her drink that first Long Island iced tea. Nobody but her. So yeah, I, I agree. It's terrible that she leaned too far over the balcony and fell into the ocean. And yes, it's terrible that she bobbed around for two hours before they determined she was really missing. And I completely agree. That would be a terrifying experience. But tell me, why is it that we always have to blame someone else when something goes wrong? Why are we always going to court? Nobody actually pushed her off that balcony. Nobody actually forced her to go out drinking. And if she can sue Carnival Cruise Line because she got drunk and had a mishap, 
then imagine, just imagine the lawsuits that'll be waiting for the liquor industry when they have to own up to all the misery that has been caused by alcohol since the beginning of time. If this case wins the day, and again, I'm not a judge, I'm just giving my opinion. If this case wins the day, then all the bars in America better buckle their seatbelts because it would seem that they could be liable for every bar fight, every act of infidelity, every car wreck, every broken home. And, and please, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am not defending the manufacturers or the vendors of alcohol. I think that morally speaking, they have a lot to think about when they take stock of the human suffering that has transpired in the wake of their sales campaigns. I mean, they are, in my opinion, to some degree, culpable for the way they sell the idea that alcohol enhances your life. But just strictly legally speaking, who makes you buy that first drink? Nobody forces you to get drunk. You do that all by yourself. I mean, let's be honest, you could have said no. I mean, unless you already have an alcohol addiction, in which case the urge to drink can be overwhelming. But even then, it wasn't the local bartender who started the problem that night something bad happened. He wasn't even there for your first drink. That was all you. But for some reason, when bad things happen, we want to blame somebody else because it couldn't possibly be me, right? I mean, let's turn the tables over and look at this now from the cruise line's perspective and ask some questions about liability and culpability. We don't always do that when someone has a gripe with a corporation because to us, corporations are just nameless, faceless entities and they're easy to blame. But never ever forget that real people run that cruise line and real people work there. You're not just suing an organization, you're also suing the people who work for it. You're suing the owner. And these are all people. If this lady hadn't been overdoing it, if she hadn't leaned over the balcony, then the corporation wouldn't have had to turn that entire ship around, which has got to cost a boatload of money. And, and no, no pun intended with the word boatload, but it had to be expensive. I mean, think about it. Instead of looking for someone to sue, you might just want to be grateful that somebody actually came back to get you, that somebody noticed you were missing, and that because they noticed, you are now alive. But that's not the way we like to think. If something goes wrong now in the 21st century, we're pretty sure it's got to be somebody else's fault. Somehow, someone did us wrong. You know, if we goofed off in college and our job doesn't pay enough, that's got to be somebody else's fault, right? Somebody should have forced us to study. Somebody should have forced us to pick a different major. If we play with our smartphones while we're driving on the freeway in L.A. and we rear in the car in front of us, obviously they shouldn't have slowed down or they should have seen that we were pulling up behind them. It just can't be my fault. I mean, let's, let's really think about this. How often do you see people step in front of the TV camera these days and own up to what they did? How often do you see people saying, you know what, this is my fault. I have nobody to blame but myself. I mean, it does happen. But when it happens, I mean, this is so rare that it actually blows us away. Did you hear that guy? Did you hear that guy on TV last night? I can't believe he's so honest. It's almost like the expectation is that we won't be honest. It's like we expect people to lie. We expect people to dodge responsibility. I remember a few years ago, I, I was out driving in Maryland and I, I wasn't paying attention to the road. I'll be honest about what I did. Now, I, I wasn't texting. I wasn't on the phone. 
But I was looking out the window at the scenery, and I wasn't paying attention. And what happened is I didn't notice the traffic in front of me had come to a dead stop. And by the time I did notice, it was too late. I absolutely nailed the guy in front of me. And you know, I did a couple thousand dollars worth of damage to his beautiful car. In fact, I did more damage to his car than I did to my own. So, of course, when I got to work that day, I called my insurance company and I told them what I did. I said, listen, I just nailed this guy on the freeway and it's my fault. I wasn't paying attention. We need to sort this out. And you know what happened? The person on the other end of the phone tried to talk me out of it. They said, are you sure it was your fault, Mr. Boonstra? Are you sure that's the story you want to go with? And I was sitting there wondering, why don't you want me to be honest? Except, of course, if it is my fault, my insurance is on the hook and they'll have to pay for the damage. So the guy on the phone actually pressured me to make something up. He was inviting me to tell a lie. He reminded me that my premiums were going to go up. But you know, how in the world can I lie when I know what happened? Honestly, it kind of bothered me that I had to fight somebody to take the blame. I had to convince this guy to let me take responsibility. But I guess maybe there's this expectation now that you're going to pass the buck, that you're going to blame someone else, because owning up to your own actions is apparently unthinkable for most of the human race. I mean, let's think about this. Imagine what would happen if a politician suddenly told the unvarnished truth. What would happen if Congress came out and said, oh, we tried this, it didn't work, and we were wrong? I mean, what would happen if government said, yeah, we knew about it, we made the wrong call, we're going to work harder in the future, we'll learn from our mistakes, and we won't do it again? I mean, you and I laugh at that idea. It's almost unimaginable. And I realize that politicians are kind of an easy target. It's easy to accuse them of lying, and it's just kind of the first example that came to mind. And I, I even have a background in politics, so in, in a way, I guess I could say I'm picking on my own people, and, it, and it's really easy. But what would happen, right? What would happen if people all told the truth? What would happen if Bill Clinton just came out and said, yeah, yeah, I did have relations with that woman? I mean, every jaw in the country would drop because we're not used to that kind of honesty. We're used to people covering up, protecting their turf, watching out for themselves. And this is a problem as old as our human race. In fact, you find it happening for the very first time in the Bible's book of Genesis. And how so? Well, I'm going to have to take a break, and in just a minute, I'm going to come back and show you. And I think you're going to be surprised at just how human the story of the Bible really is. So don't you go away. I'll be right back. Life and its daily challenges can weigh us down, even when we have the best of intentions, leaving us with more questions than answers. Is it possible to have true peace and happiness in life? Are you searching for answers to this and other of life's most challenging questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online or on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like The Secret of Happiness and Is God Fair? You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Apparently, George Washington once said, It is better to offer no excuse than a bad one. 
And I'm going to be bold enough today to add to the wisdom of Washington by saying it's better not to offer excuses at all. I mean, what about telling the truth? How about admitting when you make a mistake, owning up to the stuff you do? I know that most of us are afraid that our public stock value goes down if we tell the truth, that you're going to look weak if you admit what you did. But let's go back to the case of the young lady on the cruise ship. I mean, what if she said, absolutely, I just had way too much to drink, it was a bad move, and it was really kind of dumb to lean over my railing that far. I mean, would you really respect her any less because she owned it? Not me. And of course, I'm just using her as an illustration, and I'm not a judge or jury. So I'm going to leave the official verdict to the courts, because for all I know, she might be innocent. There might be details I don't know. So so let me just get that out of the way. It's a disclaimer. I don't really know. But generally speaking, what kind of a world would it be if you knew that people were telling you the truth every single time? If you knew they weren't spinning everything they said? It seems like there's always a personal agenda, something that warps the truth on its way from your brain to your mouth. And so we live in this world where you just don't know. You know, one of the reasons I love the book of Genesis so much is that you find the roots of every human problem in the first few chapters. It really is a book of beginnings, and it underlines some of the biggest problems we have in very simple terms. I mean, go back and look at the Garden of Eden when we first disobeyed God, how our parents got tossed from the garden for doing it. And look at what happens when God comes to the garden and asks Adam what happened. This is Genesis 3, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? Now let me pause there for a moment and let's think about that question. Why does God ask? Does he not know what Adam did? Of course he does. And and did someone hold Adam down and force that fruit down his throat? Of course not. God knows the truth, and Adam should know that God knows the truth, but listen to what he does in verse 12. Then the man said, now listen to this carefully, man. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Now that's a breathtaking example of spinning the truth. This is the very first spin doctor. He blames his wife and then he blames God for giving him a wife. It's everybody's fault but his. This is the first sin on record and already the first human beings trying to pass the buck. He had one chance to be honest, one chance to tell the truth, but from the beginning we began to blame everybody else. It's got to be somebody else. It couldn't possibly be me. It must be the way God designed this world. It must be the unfair advantage that other people have. You can always find a reason you had to do it, that you had to do the wrong thing. And it probably shouldn't escape our notice that God was more than willing to forgive, that he was willing to give us another chance. But the one thing God absolutely insists on is honesty. He wants you to own what you did. Those are the terms on which God offers you forgiveness, and I can prove that from 1 John 1 verse 9. This is one of my favorite passages. Listen to this. If we confess our sins, if we do what? If we confess them, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice this. God values honesty. If there's one thing that's clear, God values honesty. This is a part of who he is. I mean, the whole reason God says you shall not bear false witness is because he would never do it. He would never lie to make himself look better. He would never shift the blame. It's impossible for God to lie, Hebrews 6.18. But apparently for us, lying comes rather naturally. We do bear false witness. We do shift the blame. 
We don't want to own what we did. And what's really interesting is that passing the buck apparently is contagious. If you live around people who don't own up to their mistakes, there's actually a higher chance you do the same thing yourself. You'll blame other people. There was actually this experiment some years ago by Nathaniel Fast from USC and Larissa Tedens from Stanford, and they asked their test subjects to read an article about Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, apparently, the governor had put several special initiatives on the ballot back in 2005, and every one of them failed. Now, some of the test subjects were given an article to read where Schwarzenegger blamed special interest groups for defeating the measures, and other of the subjects read an article where the government took the blame himself. And what Fast and Tedens were wondering is whether or not reading that article would make a difference. So later on, the researchers asked the test subjects to write a short essay about a time in their lives when they failed, and the results were astonishing. Those who read the article blaming special interest groups were twice as likely to blame someone else for their own failure as the people who read the article where Schwarzenegger accepted the blame. And just in case the results were a fluke, the researchers tried again with a different set of articles. This time, the people read about people who blamed others when they couldn't find a job, and the results came out exactly the same. Apparently, when you live in an environment where people refuse to accept responsibility, it has a way of rubbing off. The dishonesty of others makes you more likely to be dishonest yourself. And that finding actually fits the story of Adam and Eve, because the moment Adam blames Eve, she turns around and blames the serpent, Genesis 3.13. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, I did it, I'm to blame. Now, that's not what she says. She says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Once the cycle of blaming starts, it perpetuates itself. Nobody wants to own it. It's a hot potato. Pass the blame and keep passing it along. And before you know it, it's thousands of years later, you're in the 21st century, and nobody seems to be guilty of anything. If you think about it, there's a bit of an irony in that study because now we can actually blame our own dishonesty on the dishonesty of other people. We can say we'd be more honest if they were more honest. It's just another excuse. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about the Ten Commandments as if they're this outdated code that puts an unnecessary restriction on our life. But try to imagine how much different it would be if we just kept that one commandment, if we just told the truth, if we just owned up to it when something was our fault. Imagine how much emptier the courts would be. Imagine how much time and money could be devoted to solving real problems instead of feeding the litigation industry. Imagine how much better life would be in general if you just had a level of confidence that people were telling you the truth. What if you didn't have to second guess? What if you actually knew what someone's motives were when you sat down to negotiate? What if people told you what they actually had in mind? What if you knew that people cared more about their reputation than they cared about profit? Now, you tell me that wouldn't be a better place to live. Of course it would be. And frankly, that's why God wrote those ten rules. It's not to wreck your fun. It's to set you free. It's a picture of what God's government would look like if he were running things. Now, now listen, we're up against a break, and we need to take that so that you can learn about an amazing offer I have for you, and then I'm going to come right back and finish up. So don't you go jumping off of any cruise ships. This is only going to take a minute, and I'll be right back. Are you searching for answers to life's most difficult questions? Answers to help you make sense of the things that are happening right now in your life? Answers to the deepest questions in life, like, can God really forgive me? 
Guilt and shame can be terrible burdens to carry and can leave us wondering if God really can love us and accept us. Are you wondering if there really is a chance for true happiness in this life? If there is a secret to living a happy, contented life in a world of uncertainty? Well, if you're searching for answers to these and other of life's most challenging questions, we are here to help. The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at our toll-free number, 888-456-7922, for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. You'll find answers in guides like, Does My Life Really Matter to God? and From Guilty Sinner to Forgiven Saint. You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides as the major themes of the Bible come to life. Begin your journey to discover answers to life's deepest questions and log on today to BibleStudies.com. All right. We're back from the break, and I'm hoping you took advantage of it. The Discover Bible School is a lifetime opportunity if you've ever wanted to understand the Bible better for yourself. And now let's get back to what we were talking about before we took the break, and that's honesty, which, if you ask me, is becoming something of a rare commodity in the 21st century. We live in this world where almost everything you see, everything you hear, is being spun to someone else's advantage. And personally, I'm finding that it's getting harder and harder to know who's actually telling the truth. And maybe to some extent, it's always been that way. It's been human nature. After all, I mean, why do you give President Lincoln a nickname like Honest Abe unless brutal honesty was so unusual that it actually earned you a good reputation? It actually gave you a nickname. So maybe it's always been with us. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to be known as someone who tells the truth. And if I'm really perfectly honest today on the air, I have to admit, I haven't always done it. I haven't always been honest. I should probably admit that there have been times when it just seemed easier to shift the blame than to own the problem or the embarrassment or the consequences that I brought on myself. So no, I mean, if I'm really honest about it, in in the last four and a half decades, I haven't always been honest. And yes, there have been times when I avoided taking responsibility. So I know, and I completely admit, I am part of the problem. And I gotta say, actually, it feels pretty good right here on the radio to admit it. It feels good to come clean, and it feels good to be honest. Honesty just seems like a better way to live. I mean, just try to imagine how much easier your life would be if you just told the truth. You wouldn't have to go back and try to remember what you told someone the last time you talked to them. You you just make a practice of telling the truth, and your story will stay the same. You don't have to waste all kinds of energy trying to make your story consistent. You don't have to go back and try and remember what you told people the last time and make it match. That doesn't happen if you tell the truth. And so maybe the better way to live is just tell the truth. You know, it's actually one of the Bible's biggest keys to finding contentment and peace of mind. It's the secret to a peaceful life. Admit your sins, because until you own them, there's no way for God to forgive you. Why? 
Because forgiving something you won't admit to kind of seems senseless. I mean, what would be the point? What did you learn from the whole exercise? And what in the world would keep you from doing it again? So God asks us to come clean. And you'll be amazed at how good it feels to finally be honest with God and know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God forgives you and your record is clean. It's 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, maybe there's not a whole lot we can do to make our world a more honest place. I mean, you can pass all the laws you want. People are still going to lie. People are still going to cover up in order to get ahead, in order to avoid the consequences of something they did. People are still going to take advantage of you. So there's not a whole lot you can do about them. There's not a whole lot you can do about the people around you. But there is something you can do about you. I mean, imagine the day when people assume you're telling the truth because they've known you for years and they know that you always do. Imagine they know it's been your lifelong habit. Imagine the day when nobody questions your word because for years they've known you've always told the truth. You know, it's a way of life we might as well practice. You might as well get used to it because we're going to need that character trait in the world to come. Liars don't make it into the kingdom of heaven because they don't belong there. In the book of Revelation, John has shown this group of people standing on Mount Zion with the Lamb of God. This is one of my all-time favorite passages in the Bible. They're standing on the mountain with Christ himself, and they have the Father's name written in their foreheads. In other words, their lives and character are reflecting the very character of God. And then in Revelation 14, verse 5, John says, In their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Now, that's the way it's going to be. So you might as well start practicing now. And, and here's the really good news. No matter what you've done, no matter how often you've lied, no matter how much of a cover-up you've been perpetrating all your life, you can know for sure God knows what you've been doing. He saw it all. And believe it or not, He still wants you. He's willing to wipe the slate clean, to treat you as if you've always been honest, as if you've never, ever done anything wrong. This is the most incredible gift that anybody has ever offered you. And if you want it, though, you're going to have to admit that you need it. Because how can you accept God's gift, but at the same time have no intention of living as if His gift is real? Now, this is a gift that doesn't come cheap. It actually cost God the life of His own Son. You and I were willing to lie about Jesus in court. We were willing to paint the most horrific picture of His character. We were willing to spin lie after lie after lie because we were unwilling to face the truth about ourselves. The crucifixion of Jesus was the ultimate act of passing the blame. Our sins put on God's shoulders. And the amazing thing? He was willing to take it. He was willing to stand there quietly as we described Him in language that was more suited to ourselves. He was quiet when we lied. He was quiet when we called Him names, when we said that He was a liar, and even when we said He was demon-possessed. Jesus just took it because He knew you'd be lost if He didn't. I like the way one Christian commentator put it some years ago, writing, He was treated as we deserve that we might be treated as He deserves. He was condemned for our sins in which He had no share that we might be justified by His righteousness in which we had no share. He suffered the death which was ours that we might receive the life which was His. With His stripes we are healed. 
You know about the best move you could make right now? Just come clean. I mean, it's not like God doesn't know. It's not like he didn't see it. In fact, he knows you better than you know yourself, and I think you're going to be amazed at how good it feels to stop the act and just be honest. I mean, you will have to own your life one day, but if you wait till then, it will be too late. You'll just have to own it forever. You'll have to live and die with what you've done. But right now, he's willing to wear your blame for you, which, if you ask me, is the offer of a lifetime. Until next time, I'm Sean Boonstra. You've been listening to The Voice of Prophecy. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Where is God when people suffer? Can I find real happiness? And is there any hope for our chaotic world? Are you searching for answers to these and other of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or pick up the phone and call us at 888-456-7922 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free lessons mailed right to your home. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions.